everybody, and welcome to the TPM podcast, Theology of Plain Men. My name is Zach. Uh, I am joined by my still socially distant friends, Brad Gustafson Yo. and Andre Nelson. What's up? How you guys doing? Pretty good. So uh, we're going to hop right into it. Um, I only have one Nod podcast related thing to share with the listeners. Um, you're probably not going to care either, but Brad is going to care a lot. <laughs> I don't know what this is, so this should be good. So I'm going to say about mm, six months ago, Brad mm. shot out an email mm. to, I'm presuming, a bunch of TPM guys, at least. Oh, this um, is going to be good. Where uh, he had said, guys. I got the mug. You should. <laughs> I got <laughs> we'll get the there. mug. We'll get there. He said, you guys, there's a free mug in this for me. You should subscribe to this newsletter. I said, Brad, I don't read. So I sloughed it off well brad i have a confession to make <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> last night last night your boy subscribed and i read I, re- I read a little bit into the morning brew so good it is life-changing excellent thank you to the listener you want you want a little you some quick twitch daily news businessy news specifically it, business it's, news. it's pretty businessy there, there's some random stuff that gets Sh- thrown in sure. there a little humor but here's the thing Super digestible. That's what. That's like the one word I can use to uh, describe it. Extremely digestible. So since we're on the topic, though, but uh, we're really not going to be on the topic. Listeners out there, it is stellar. Absolutely worth it. Way better than like businessinsider.com, whatever you're looking at for your news. But do not subscribe without contacting me first. I'll get you your. Yeah, he's going to get you the link so he can get his free stuff. Brad three gust at gmail.com. Hit me up. Also on Twitter, at Brad3Gust. So we are going to move into it. Andre, what are we talking about today? So That's actually important. Well, you know, today we're going to talk about resources outside the Bible that we have found helpful for better understanding the Bible. Um, I would say that we all agree that there are people way wiser and way smarter who have spent far more time learning about history and context in the Bible and have um, spent a lot of time, you know, forming resources and things for people like us, plain men, to better understand the Word of God. And I think that I find that really essential because sometimes when I sit down to read, it's like, what is going on here? Yeah, and I think I will speak for all of the plain men and say that all of us at some point as we've tried to better understand our theology— Right, we're theology of plain men. As we've do- dove into higher concepts about God, more than the more than the milk that Paul writes about of doctrine, um, I think we have all utilized extra biblical resources to understand the more challenging parts of the Bible and the more challenging concepts about God. Is that fair? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, to clarify the word extra biblical. Uh, extra biblical and anti biblical, or any other adjective biblical, aren't always synonymous. Just extra meaning outside of scripture. Yeah, that's important. So, <clears throat> well, maybe I'll start. So, uh, one of my resources. Uh, yeah, so I guess the, maybe the way we're going to do I think we're just going to maybe, yeah. we'll just go around yeah, yeah, yeah. and just kind of rapid fire. Yeah. Here's who, what it is, kind of what it means, what why it's important, and then we'll just kind of. I'll let Andre go first. This. I just. Need to point that I'm still smiling that you subscribe to the Morning Brew. Oh my word! 
the morning <laughs> brew. The morning brew is not on my list of extra biblical resources. Isn't it the morning bro? No, brew. B-R-E-W. I will be sending them oh, a link like to this coffee. podcast. There, there might, <laughs> okay, there okay. I have a, I'll just say I have a better impression of it already, knowing that it's not morning bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's out there, but I don't I don't think I could do that. That's good. And, and, that's really good. And admit that to the listeners, <laughs> at least. <laughs> All right, Andre, what do you got? Okay, so I, in preparation for this, I was... Like, okay, I better go first because they're all going to say it because it's so popular and everybody I know loves it. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Bible Project. Um, yeah, Zach is... Uh, yeah. Strike that Stop up. I am crossing that one is. off my Woo! list. <laughs> okay, I'm so glad I went first because I get to talk about it. Um, the Bible Project is this awesome organization um, and website, basically, that... And you guys are going to be able to fill in a lot of the gaps that I don't even I'm not even aware of because it's comp- it's like a big thing. But they're I would say they're pretty well known for these videos that they have on um, every book of the Bible where it's just, it's just like a thirty thousand foot view of what happens in that book, and they do it in a really really beautiful um, way, like kind of almost like a time lapse drawing, if you will, like a narrated time lapse drawing, um, where. They just go from the chapter one to chapter the last and say, who are the characters? What are the themes? What's happening? How does it relate to God's greater story? Um, and how does it link up to other parts of the biblical narrative? And it's just, it's beautiful. Like, you know, we've talked a little bit about beauty and art, and I'm one of those guys in TPM. And so that goes a long way with me, that there's this kind of artistic side of it, and it's really visual as well. Um, and I just think that they do a really good job with biblical exposition. So... The Bible Project is a big, big one for me. Yeah, so I'll, I'll layer on that actually real briefly, and I'll bake in my next resource here. But one thing I want to say about not just the Bible Project, but every resource we talk about today, is we start out with saying these are extra-biblical resources. I think something to keep in mind with that is anything outside of Scripture uh, is made by people and spoken by people that are broken and are not perfect. So as we look to Scripture, we can trust that to be 100% the word of God, true, trustworthy, never false. As we look at the Bible project or any other resource we talk about today, you need to put a little bit of a filter on, a little bit of a lens on and say, okay, this was made by somebody other than God. The Holy Spirit is not the one that breathed these words. Uh, what are maybe biases that come into this? Uh, what are maybe the perspectives or uh, the experiences that the author of this made that will impact their view on it? And I think that's just as true of the Bible project is any other thing we're going to talk about today. So there's something to keep in mind. Right, and I think, moreover, um, Paul writes to test everything against Scripture, right? Um, and and that, is, that is fair of anything, whether it's your pastor on Sunday during the sermon, whether that's us on this TPM podcast. Spoiler, we are an extra-biblical resource. We are an extra-biblical <laughs> resource for the listener. Test us against Scripture. That's the... That is the mature thing to do with your extra biblical resources. No doubt. No doubt. And w- with that stage, I will say that the Bible Project is awesome. I love it. Uh, I think ta- uh, the drawings that Andre pointed to are stellar. I think it gives great context for the books that you may be studying. I think additionally, uh, their podcast is insightful. I think listening to the podcast where maybe I heard a little bit more bias for good or for bad. It's just I can make it very clear. Okay, they have a very specific theological lens that they're coming through uh, that maybe isn't the same one that I grew up in. That doesn't mean it's good or it's bad. It just helps challenge my train of thought more. Uh, But I'd say that my biggest takeaway from them is that the Bible is one story. 
Uh, and there was a little bit of a paradigm shift for me there. I think I used to look at those 66 books and say, okay, these were just tablets dropped from the heavens. Here are the golden words of God. This is truth. Apply this to your life now. And they helped me see this as, oh, this is a book. There's a story. There's a narrative from Genesis to Revelation, and it's coherent all the way through. And that really helped me. I know Zach's looking to chip in here, so I'll let him pounce before I jump onto my next topic. Well, yeah, so before you, definitely before you jump into the next topic, before we started, Brad said, hey, um, I'm thinking of using this. Is this too cliche of a term? And the term was paradigm shift, and I'm here to say it sounded cliche. I'll be honest. <laughs> I think we should have gone with so something hard. else. Anyways, uh, that's my ruling. We'll leave the listener to make their own judgment. Hey, the only <laughs> input I got was, dude, even if it is cliche, go for it. Uh, I think it worked. It paradigm worked. shift is a fundamental change in your view of something. I just looked it up. Well, it's true. It's not less true yeah, just because, it's just because you okay, defined next, it. Next topic. <laughs> next, all right. Moving Move on. on. <clears throat> Number two. Uh, so paradigm shift was the first one. The second one was just the structure of the Bible. Uh, I took a Dallas Theological Seminary course. Not that actually tentative. It's just an online course that they offered for free. Uh, but the person giving the course, the educator, if you will, was stellar. And something that uh, I grew up in the church, I grew up reading the Bible, I've read the whole thing several times, and the point is, even though I read it several times, I didn't get it. It didn't make a lot of sense to me early on. And something I really took away from this course is just how the Bible is structured, and specifically the Old Testament. Because I used to look at the Old Testament and New Testament, and people would say, hey, they're the same story. I'm like, yeah, that's nice. I'll tell other people that, but... I. No, they're not. <laughs> you, in fact, did just tell other people that, that they yeah. are the same story. Yeah, so, yeah. no. I, <laughs> but I'm saying, like, previous me, younger me, uh, less... Well, Some might even say a more handsome you. Yeah, well, back off. <laughs> uh, so I understood that people claimed that was one story. It just didn't make sense to me. I didn't see the cohesion all the way through. And something that Dallas Theological Seminary in this course that I took is just take the Old Testament books. And they're structured five, twelve... 5, 5, 12. 5, 12, 5, 5, 12. I will never get those numbers out of my head now. And it's the five mosaic books, the 12 narrative books, five wisdom literature, five major prophets, five minor prophets. 5, 12, 5, 5, 12. And I was like, Your last five was a 12. Bingo. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. 12, 12 minor prophets, yep. not five. Regardless, I'm like, okay, so there's the mosaic books, and then there's the narrative books. That's the storyline all the way through. That's the narrative from Genesis to, call it Nehemiah or Esther. Depends who you're talking to. But Genesis to Nehemiah, there's your narrative. Then you take all those poetic books. You take all of the prophets. You pick them up in the same order. You shift them over and you drop them in the narrative. That's roughly the order they fit in. And I'm like, oh, oh. (laughs) Like this is one story is the first half of the Old Testament. And the second half of the Old Testament fits into that story and it was just like a huge light bulb moment for me like okay and that's why people claim this is all one book because it runs all the way up to nehemiah and then picks up in the new testament just 400 years later it just helped a ton anyway yeah i like that um in fact there is uh some there is uh it's maybe called like the story or something like that and it actually takes the bible and it puts it chronological as as good as we as we know uh, some of it's a little foggy on where exactly it fits chronologically but um where it actually organizes it for the sake of the, the reader like if you want to read through it and understand where these things fit you can actually get books that have those books of the bible reordered that way um 
where where you, it fits into different times, which is really helpful for for the Old Testament. So, okay, moving on. Uh, since Andre sniped uh, my number one, I came up with a new number one, um, which is one of my favorite resources out there. It is called GotQuestions.org. Um, is that a crew tool? Uh, I don't think so. It. I don't. I don't know. Maybe it is. I don't. I don't care. It's really helpful. Um, I have found again none of these things are authoritative and there are a lot of there are some things on got questions that i think i've disagreed with here and there but um it's really what what they're really good at is it's uh here is a clear question about blah 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 whatever it is uh whether it's spiritual gifts um ministry models within the church whatever it is here's a pointed question um what what give me an answer to it. It's just that easy. It's got questions. Here's, here's an answer. And they pull from the Bible as best they can. Um, one of them, for example, was did Jesus descend to hell when he died? Um, depending on which, riddle me this, depending on which interpret or which, uh, translation of the Bible you read that reads differently. Those words read differently. Um, so they, they comb through that and say, here's this, here's that, here's the other thing. So um, that's all I'm going to say about it. I don't know if you guys have used it at all, but it's really good. I think they're really concise and clear, and they kind of frame what they're talking about in a really helpful way. Yeah, I can say my similar resource for that is Google, actually. Um, <laughs> but when I Google questions, I can see it brings me to this website quite often, actually. Uh, it yes. tends to be up there. So if you Google a pointed question, it's it's pretty decent odds it's going to get you to gotquestions.org. Definitely been to this website before. Yeah, Andre, what do you got next? Mm, okay. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say broadly, um, commentaries, which might be kind of a cop out because it's kind of basic, but the listener may or may not be familiar with the word commentaries. I would define a commentary as simply somebody writing about, uh, a passage of scripture, essentially commenting on what they see there and working in other references and other knowledge and context, historical or cultural, um, to help you better understand what is happening right here and kind of what it means in the bigger picture. I think that's what I come back to a lot with these extra biblical resources is how do these things fit into the biblical, into the bigger picture? Um, you know, it's easy to read a chapter or a couple verses and get what you can get from that. But, you know, the Bible is meant to be consumed as a whole and understood as a whole. It is one story as Brad was saying. And so, um, I, I look to these resources to fill in the bigger picture and to connect it to the narrative. And so, anyway, commentaries, I think, can be difficult. They they can be big old dusty books. I think that's what I think of when I think commentary. But I have found a lot of good ones on Bible.org. It's just they have an unbelievably large library of commentaries, and I'm sure not all of them are great. And so, again, you have to go back to this kind of filtering filtering things you read against truth and against Scripture itself. But How do you do that filtering when, <clears throat> like, you go to this... Uh, I'll say, quote unquote, Christian or biblical commentary, and it's like, okay, they they think they're filtering it correctly. How mm-hmm. do I know that my filter is better than their filter? Yeah, seriously. I think, I think, doing going about your study prayerfully and asking the Holy Spirit to guide you in it, I think, is major. I think that that's part of the Holy Spirit's role is to reveal truth to us and to guide us towards it. And so, I think if you're approaching your Bible study, you know, as it involves human wisdom, perhaps. Um, I think that's one major way that's not super tangible, obviously, but I think that, honestly, it 
it's part of the way that things are designed and for Christians. I think that uh, I, t- I try to follow a general rule of thumb on not building sweeping parts of doctrine off of singular points of knowledge in scripture. So if, if for, for a, what I'm going to call a major piece of doctrine, I'm not going to uh, build that off of a, a single point in scripture that I can point to. Right? I want to I want to see is this theme consistent when I apply it across scripture. I think the same is is said for something like a commentary. If you get a piece of commentary you're like, "Oh, this doesn't seem to fit. This doesn't seem to jive with other things that I'm reading in scripture." Red flag. Or, "Oh, this this seems to fit, right? This makes sense. This is consistent, right? This logic path is consistent across other books of the Bible. This makes sense." No red flag. So it's it's not perfect, but it's a it's a decent barometer at least. Yeah, yeah. I think when something pops out as being super contrary to what you've always what you've, well, that's not a super great. <laughs> right, but right. like when something is, do you know what I'm getting? So at like there? here's here's say, here's something maybe that I'll share with the listener. If you are seeing a book, right, or let's say you're a you've been a Christian for for a little while, or you're talking to someone who's been a Christian for a little while, if you hear the phrase that. Uh, like I read this book and it showed me that everything I'd ever thought about the Bible was completely wrong. Red flag. Because if you, if you're a Christian, the faith, like that's just, I'm sorry. You, that means you're probably trusting that thing too much. And that probably means it's not in line with scripture. So I tend to actually treat stuff like that as a red flag where like, if you're an immature Christian and you make a statement like that, okay, you know, you're brand new to the Bible that could probably happen to you. But if one of you guys comes to me and said, dude, I read this book and it fundamentally changed everything about all these passages of scripture. Like a paradigm shift. You shouldn't have major paradigm shifts on how you look at scripture at this point in your Christian walk, Brad. Noted. So (laughs) anyway, that's, that's maybe too sweeping of a statement, but that's honestly a red flag that I see. Um, yeah, so I, I don't think there's anything I disagree with from those other two guys. I think the one thing I layer on is don't assume that what you've believed is correct. Don't assume the way that you were raised or the religion or the doctrine you were trained early in your life is the right one. Sure. And just yeah. That's why I stopped saying what I was going to say. Because I was going to say, if it's if it's like makes you your gut kind of turn over, you're like, oh, that's not what I've... It, it could be because you're confronted with truth, then it's the right thing and you need to... Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I loved how Andre Starr was saying, like, hey, let's pray first. Like, let's ask the Holy Spirit to be working through Scripture, to be working through these other resources to help us know Him better. I think additionally, seek out other trains of thought. And this goes for every category of life, not just Scripture. But if you believe something, what does the other person believe that disagrees with you? And just seek to understand their point of view. I love it. And I'm going to break the circle we had going. And I'm going to jump into my next resource Hit it as you say that. Because my next resource that I want to throw in there is debates. I freaking love listening or watching debates on concepts so, so good th- so, so this good. is maybe hate that this is <laughs> wow <laughs> so this is this is maybe not as like here's a passage of scripture how do i understand this more? this is more like here's a concept right how do i understand this more 
Um, I have a, a debater that I tend to like a lot um, is James White. I think he's uh, he's a reformed Christian apologist. He um, could be a topic in and of himself. He could. He could. <laughs> depending on which era of James White you look at, he's shifted what he's done. And I'm not going to get into that. Beside the point. It's it's. Uh, I will make the statement that he is probably one of the best Christian debaters, scholars, reformed thinkers that we have right now. Um, I he is the way he can tell a story the way he can bring you through a train of thought on a concept, compel you with evidence, facts, and sound arguments is second to none. It is stellar. Second, maybe to someone like Ravi Zacharias, the late, great Ravi Zacharias. Um, so I'm, and if you want to watch debates, watch a Ravi debate. Um, but moreover, especially on the topic of if you want to like the best way to understand something is to understand the argument against it. And a debate is where you get that. And a guy like James White has done a lot of debating against quote, like the best of the best that are out there on those other sides of the, on the other side of the coin, Christian versus non-Christian. So I'm going to just broadly say debates, I think can be a really helpful thing to because you're going to get different sides of the coin. Big fan. I love it. It's also kind of the way my brain works. A little conflict is healthy for the soul. To some. Some <laughs> souls. <laughs> some souls, it's some deeply souls. disturbing. Deeply anxiety-inducing. I am with you, Andre. It is anxiety-inducing when I'm the one debating. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're at like 22 minutes here. Now I got two more I want to rattle off. I, I don't know how you guys are feeling rattle about time. Rattle them. Let me hit one real quick. Know your history. Uh, that's one thing that was a big, uh, another like light bulb moment for me. Uh, all of the narrative in the Bible is historical narrative. Like it's something that actually happened in the past. And as I talked about what felt like this big split between the Old Testament and New Testament, when I started to learn more about the history and really what actually happened in the world during that 400 years of silence from God, again, it was just like, oh, this is making so much more sense. Like we look at where the Old Testament leads off and we see Babylon just taking Israel to the shed. It's like, okay, there it ended. All of a sudden we pop up in the New Testament and Rome's a powerhouse. What happened? It's like, oh, we actually, we, we know what happened. Like Persia came in, kicked some butt. Alexander the Great came around. You know his story probably better than I do. Uh, Greece was pushed to the side for Rome to come in and that set the stage. And like, you look at these synagogues that are popped up everywhere in the New Testament. You look at these quote-unquote God-fearers that are mentioned in all these nations, and you're like, what is this? Where did this come from? The Old Testament didn't mention this. Well, it's because of what happened during that 400 years. Like, there was this great dispersion of the Jews. They're all over the place. They're making these new homes in places outside of Jerusalem. I don't know why. It, regardless. So they're outside of Israel. They're outside of their home. They're making new homes. And also, that's where these synagogues are popping up. They're having an impact on their community. They're an impact on their culture. And that's where these Gentiles are like, whoa, I respect what these Jews are doing. And these are the God-fearers that are referenced. It's just, the more you know your history and how this pieces together, you start to see, oh, this is one story all the way through. That helped me a lot. 
I said I have two. You, you guys do. want to pitch in anything I, else? I want you to give me your second one. Okay. I've been rattling for a while. My last one. Read your Bible. Go <laughs> read I was loud. your Bible. <laughs> uh, and I just, I just feel like I had to say this because we're talking about extra biblical. I get it. Okay. Uh, but the whole point is, what are resources that help us understand our Bible? Uh, just please don't let that take away from actually getting to know your Bible. Boom. Boom sauce. Uh, and so I guess my challenge to our listeners, if you claim to be a follower of Christ and you haven't read the entire word of God, what what's stopping you? Like, I don't get how you can say that I follow Christ, but I don't want to read what God had to say and what his message was to his people. Right. It's, it's super, it seems super strange where it's like, I want to read what all these other people have to say about the Bible way more than I want to read the Bible. It's like, it's honestly, it's lazy and just, just go right to the, the source. Yeah. Right. And if you want help, if you want to better like structure your reading, reach out to us. Like we would genuinely love to talk with you and walk with you through going through God's right. word. Any one of any one of the plain guys. You can you can also hit us at theologyofplainmen at gmail.com. That's a real email, everybody. Hit us up. Uh, or just find any one of us on Facebook. We're like real people. Most of you probably have one of our numbers anyway. Andre, uh, kind of as we're transitioning into, that was an extremely practical application point. I feel what, when I dropped my phone, did it come across like a mic drop? Unbelievably <laughs> loud in my ears. Hopefully, less. I can well, fix that in post. Thank I'll, you. I'll pull that out in post. But I, I might have lost one of my ears there. It's probably bleeding right now. It's hard Dramatic to say. Dramatic effect. Um, Andre, practical application. What do you want the listener to know coming out of this podcast? Mm, Brad got the best one, but I got the best extra biblical resource, so I suppose that's fair. Um. <clears throat> Oh, I would say one really practical application with your extra biblical reading and work that you do and your biblical reading and work to do that you do is to do it in community. Son of a nutcracker. Yes. You <laughs> saved so much of what I had written down. Yes. So, uh, yeah, you got to do it in community. You got to be talking to people about it because everybody is viewing things from a different perspective and it is incalculably important to experience those other perspectives and to entertain them and to hear them and to reconcile them with your own. Um, yeah, that's why Bible study is great. That's why book clubs are great. That's why coffee dates are great. You just got to be talking about these things with other people because you will get to places that you could never get on your own. So I am what you would call an external processor. I need to talk things out. Brad, you've experienced this firsthand. I need to talk things out to actually know what it is I'm thinking about that thing. Fun fact, not a helpful trait to have in marriage. It, it could be a hindrance at times, but it's just a part of who I am, right? Because I come to the table thinking I'm like, oh, yeah, I have this figured out. Come to find out, I talk about it like, oh, I had no idea what I was talking about. But as I talked it out, I got there. Uh, shout out. Uh, one of the most influential disciplers in my Christian walk ever, Adam Wolf. Uh, we were at a retreat over spring break, and we sat down, and in one night we just hammered through the whole book of Galatians. We just read through the whole thing. We talked it out over and over, like just things that I didn't understand or hadn't wrestled with, and he talked them out with me. Out loud, I, I went through them. Everybody needs an Adam Wolf in their life. Everybody needs like an Adam Wolf in their a life. A stellar listener. 
But more than that, like a stellar question asker, like he would come back and be like, okay, well, what do you think? So what do you think about this? How about this? Uh, have you thought about that? What about this part in scripture and how does that fit here? And we hammered through this book. And to date, that has been one of the most influential biblical experiences I've had. And I learned so much. And it was just the Bible and me talking it out out loud, reading it out loud, hashing things out out loud with Adam. And we just hammered through the whole thing. And it meant so much. And it did so much for me. So thanks, Andre, for stealing all of my good points I had tonight. Um, this was fun. This I was like a this. good time. Yeah, it's it's great to be back in person. It's great to be doing this again. Um, well, boys, uh, I think that's all I got. You guys got anything else? Stay healthy. Stay healthy. Stay safe. I hope that our very, very literal verbal processing, as I've expounded on today, was edifying for you in some way. Have a great week, everybody. Later. Later.